Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. We recap the top stories for the Denver Broncos from this past week, from pro days to preparing for the NFL draft. We poke holes in Todd McShay's latest mock draft, and we discuss potential bubble players for 2021. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you guys follow the show as well at on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos like us on Facebook and make sure you guys hit that follow button on your favorite podcast provider Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast Spotify and our good friends over there at Odyssey today's episode of the show I'm joined by my good friend Patrick Keody and we're breaking down some of the latest talks around the Denver Broncos we're recapping the week for the pro days that the Broncos attended we take a look at some of the schools some of the players what makes sense? Then we poke holes into Todd McShay's latest mock draft, which is really odd with who he has the Broncos picking based on who is available. And then we talk about some roster bubble players. Patrick, my man, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, brother. Uh, 27 looks great on you, my dude. Uh, football season's almost over for me. The summer's going to get started, uh, and, and it's never too early to uh, talk a little Broncos football. So. Yeah, and you know, it's it's kind of been a quiet week this week in terms of moves. You know, I think the Broncos, they're done with making free agency moves. You know, you can see a couple of these really, really small detailed deals coming down the pike maybe in the next couple of weeks. But uh, the Broncos, they're now fully ingrained in their draft preparation. And look, George Payton, coaches, scouts, they've hit the road this week, Pat. And some of the pro days, the places that they attended, North Carolina, Ohio State, Alabama, Wake Forest, LSU, Notre Dame, UCF. I mean, let's talk about these schools and let's talk about some of these prospects, starting off with North Carolina, obviously, uh, you know, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. We talked about that and I even touched on Tuesday's episode that in our mock draft Monday, we actually selected uh, one of those running backs there and obviously Curtis Modkins going there. We know Curtis Modkins can evaluate talent. He understands the running back position really well. And to be honest with you, I feel like him going there, I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like Denver's going to go with one of those tailbacks in this draft, whether it be round two, round three, another trade back. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, you look at Minnesota's track record over the last few drafts. They've consistently taken uh, running backs in the second and third round. Um, so one of those two guys kind of fits that bill, right? If they're sitting there at pick forty, or uh, yeah, I believe it's pick forty, um, you know, and one of those two guys is there, there's a chance that they'll they'll pull the trigger on that. With Philip Lindsay gone, Melvin Gordon's on a short-term deal. You know, signing Mike Boone, he's not going to be that guy to take over. You know, that RB two spot even. So really, you, you want to find someone that can come in, be the future of the offense uh, once Melvin Gordon's contract is up, uh, and if they don't re-sign him, uh, and one of those two guys could fit in that offense very well. Maybe Mike Boone actually becomes a guy. Watch it. Watch it happen. Watch him become that yeah. guy, and and watch the Broncos move on from Melvin Gordon after twenty twenty one, and then it's you know Mike Boone and Michael Carter, the Mike and Mike show. I mean, that's going to be the new. That's going to be the new thing that they have, right? We have Kate Jack TV. It's going to be Mike and Mike in the morning for the Broncos if they do that. And obviously, that'd be something uh, to keep an eye on there. But in terms of Ohio State, obviously, I think everybody went to Ohio State. You know, Trey Sermon, but the main talk of the town 
Justin Fields. And there's been a lot of talk about Justin Fields. And I, I want your insight on this, Patrick, because I feel like J.T. O'Sullivan did a phenomenal job talking about it because you've got these talking heads in the media world that are saying that Justin Fields, he's not too much of a competitive guy. He, he doesn't have this personality. You know, he's not this football guy. He's not a leader. I, to be honest with you, you can take this all the way back to the QB1 series when he was in high school. That was him. He was a leader. He was a guy that wanted to play. He lobbied for Ohio State to be able to play football. And I don't get where this narrative has come from. These guys are saying, well, you know, I heard, you know, I'm hearing some rumblings about this, 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 and this, that, you know, he doesn't like football. You know, he's not competitive. Justin Fields does not strike me as that type of guy. No, uh, you know, and, and quick shout out to uh, uh, Seth Steer on on Twitter for starting that whole fire yesterday with Dan Orlovsky. Um, you know, it, this was... This is a guy, it, it, a lot of people need to understand this, right? This is how I looked at this situation. Um, you're talking about a quarterback who, since high school, has been always counted as really good, but not the best guy, right? He's always been in this weird competition with Trevor Lawrence. And and even at the Elite 11, beating out Trevor Lawrence uh, in that competition and being a, a top quarterback recruit, he was still not seen to be as good as Trevor Lawrence for years that takes a toll on you that that builds something deep inside you this fire that just keeps stoking and stoking and stoking in this and he's got this big chip on his shoulder because he's always been second best you're not going to sit there and tell me that this kid does not think that he's the best quarterback in football listening to him talk after his pro day there is not a doubt in my mind that this kid has passion for the game. He's a hard worker. You can see it. I mean, he switched to a vegan diet so that he could be a better athlete, and it showed. Um, it, this is the kid who got hurt in a game against Clemson, against Trevor Lawrence's <laughs> Clemson team, and fought to come back in and threw six touchdowns in that game. He is a competitor. I don't buy any of this smoke. It, it is it is all smoke being blown from from other teams, from other sources who, you know, who are just looking for this guy to fall. Don't bash the kid. He's a hard worker. He he works incredibly hard just to just to earn that QB2 spot, right? Because according to everyone else, he's not going to be QB1. But to him, he is QB1. He wants to go out and prove it. Uh, I love his work ethic. I, I love how hard he fights, and I love how much of a competitor he is. He put up a hell of a fight against Alabama. Um, you know, unfortunately, his defense couldn't get it done. And uh, it, it's, it's nothing to take away from him. I mean, he played a, a he about, balled out. Yeah, he played about as good of a game as you could. Um, but to to just bash his work ethic and his character, that's just it's low. And and I really hate that we've come to this part of the draft process. Oh, I mean, even too like all, all season long, he was talked as QB two behind Trevor Lawrence. You know, you mentioned a game against Clemson. He outperforms Trevor Lawrence in that game completely. You know, battles a rib injury, comes back. And he outperforms them and leads his team to victory. And I think ideally, wherever Justin Fields goes, I think Justin Fields is actually going into a better situation than what Trevor Lawrence is going into, right? Because Trevor Lawrence right now going into Jacksonville, yeah, Urban Meyer. Here's the deal. When things get tough for Urban Meyer, he tucks his legs and he runs. That's the common narrative. He did that the last time he was in the NFL. He did it at Ohio State. He avoids scandal by getting out of it before it happens. So 
I, I have a bone to pick with that. I think Justin Fields definitely is quarterback too. He solidified that. I think it is pro day. Now look, you can make these throws against air, but it's not it's not the throws he made against air. It's it's his interviewing. It's his character. That right there sets him apart. It's the competition he played. He he showcased more against better competition than Zach Wilson. And even though Zach Wilson has these awesome traits. I'm going to go with you know with him being my uh, my QB two here. So uh, I think there's a common consensus above that. We're going to see. We're actually going to poke some holes because he's actually available in the Broncos pick at Todd McShay's mock draft. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag, and BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV. Shows, Shows and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Patrick, let's let's dive into Todd McShay's latest mock draft on ESPN. And I tell you what, this is probably the most confusing mock draft, the most kind of head-scratching mock draft that I have seen from anybody. And this is a guy that gets paid the big bucks to do this stuff, right? So uh, we'll, we'll go over, obviously, his picks lead up to the Broncos. We'll see how the board falls to where Denver's on the clock. Now, round one, obviously, Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence. The Jets taking Zach Wilson. The 49ers taking Mac Jones. Now, and I know, Pat, we've had this conversation here on the podcast in our group text that we have. I know that there are a lot of people that are like, why Mac Jones to San Francisco? But according to Tony Pauline and Trey Wingo on the latest episode of Draft Insiders at Pro Football Network, they actually talked about there is real smoke. You know, there's smoke brewing underneath the doors of this, that Mac Jones is actually the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have their eye on. And we know that this is smokescreen season, but there's a little bit of a, you know, a tang. There's a little bit of a fire burning to that smoke right there when it comes to Mac Jones. I get it. I get it, Patrick. I know where you're going with this. I know where you want to go with this. I mean, look, if if Kyle Shanahan is in love with Mac Jones and sees him as a perfect fit in this offense, absolutely. Go for it. Go ahead. You just traded three first-round picks, though, for a guy that you already have on the roster in Jimmy Garoppolo. Limited mobility. Yeah, he like he works well enough in the system. Uh, the arm strength. Eh, I mean, it. Yeah, like it's not great. Um, but can he make good decisions? Yeah, sometimes. Um, can he be efficient with the ball? Can he limit turnovers? I don't think that Mac Jones is a bad quarterback by any means. I, I I really don't. I just think that he lacks certain traits that the other top four quarterbacks have. I think the be- like one of the best fits. In, in Shanahan's offense would be Trey Lance. Um, and realistically, that would be the pick that you make there because you can have the option to start him as the rookie or since they're not going to trade Jimmy G, allegedly, you have the option, <laughs> yeah. to, allegedly, you have the option to sit him for one to two seasons and let him develop. By that point, he's only, what, 22, 23 years old. He comes in with the experience. He comes in with the with sitting down and and looking at this playbook for two seasons. He has all the athletic traits that you would want from a quarterback in that system with the design boots, the play action roles. Um, And then he has the arm strength to push the ball downfield when needed. Um, 
I just the Mac Jones pick at three is just a really it's really a head scratcher for me. Um, but I know, you know it's not the sexy pick, Pat. No, it's I, it's I know not. it's not. But here's the deal, too. I can see this as well. I know that we are all enamored with the athletic style quarterback, and I know when we look at Mac Jones, we're thinking Dad Bod Mac Jones, the guy. Big Mac. You know that that he eats he eats the worst food during the summer. You know he, he's always drinking at the pool. I mean that that's what we're talking about here with Mac Jones. That's not Mac Jones though, but. Uh, he does have these deceptive little traits to him that, you know, even though he doesn't have the most athletic build, he can do things, I think, that Kyle Shanahan wants. I get what you're saying, though. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo will be traded on draft day, right? Because we heard the Arizona Cardinals come out and say that Josh Rosen is our guy, right? And then, bam, they drafted Kyler Murray, right? You know, they even said it after they drafted him. He's our guy. And then they got rid of him. I think that's going to be the case with Jimmy G. So, interesting move there for San Francisco. But let's go to number four here, the Atlanta Falcons. They take Kyle Pitts. Interesting move when you factor in that maybe quarterback might be something that they need for the future. Matt Ryan, he's getting older. He's getting up there in age. And you may have to find a way to adapt. So, I get while Kyle Pitts is a phenomenal, heavy-footed talent, by the way. His unbelievable pro day. I mean, he freaking blew those numbers out of the water. Athletic. Talk about heavy feet, Patrick. Get out but of there. They, you know, they would have a lot of weapons there with obviously Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And adding him to the mix would be great. I still think quarterback should be the case for Atlanta. Look to the future. Cincinnati, he hasn't taken Jamar Chase, which there was some rumors that Joe Burrow was lobbying for the Bengals to do that. That's actually not true. Uh, Trey Wingo had talked about on Draft Insiders as well. He was actually reading a text message from a member of the Bengals coaching staff that Joe Burrow, you know, he gives insight as to, you know, how these players are from LSU, but he doesn't say, hey, you need to go get this guy. The organization, they need to go get freaking Penne Sewell. They need an offensive tackle. I would be shocked if they went wide receiver. Uh, look, I, I understand this this whole thing about surrounding your quarterback with as much talent as possible, uh, you know, at, at, on the offensive side of the ball. People but keep like, disrespecting T. Higgins, too. It, it's like, hey, does T. Yeah. Higgins not play for Cincinnati? He, he was very good. He was very good as a rookie. But the thing is, Joe Burrow got hurt because his offensive line could not block. He gave, I mean, what, he had over 40 sacks in his rookie season. That's not okay. Like, How many times did we see... How many times did we see Patrick on Twitter, the NFL or some, you know, ESPN, they would share like Joe Burrow took a massive shot. How many times did we see those types of clips being sent all, out? All the time. And Joe Burrow is a phenomenal talent, but here's the deal. You're going to get him injured. You're going to ruin his career longevity if you don't bring an offensive line help to protect him. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully they decide to do that. But, you know, let's go to the Miami Dolphins now. We'll take a look here. They take Devonta Smith, obviously given to a tongue of Viola a weapon of familiarity. I like it. I think it's a good yeah. position for them. And then the Carolina Panthers, they are up at number seven here. They they actually traded up with the Detroit Lions and they took Trey Lance in his mock draft. So though you know I could see that happening, right? Yeah. I I, I think I, so. I feel like I, you could easily swap Trey Lance to San Francisco and then Mac Jones to Carolina. I feel like you could really swap those two. Yeah, I think there was, you know, I, I can't remember who said it, but, uh, you know, the Carolina staff seemed to like Mac Jones quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's great. If, if be well, and Joe Brady, ironically, Joe Brady working <laughs> with Joe Burrow, you know, and the really the only difference between Mac Jones and Joe Burrow is just the mobility. That's it. I, I think that Burrow has. Uh, has a bit of a, a better 
you know, he's got way more mobility outside of the pocket. He he can make plays outside of the pocket. Mac Jones really isn't that kind of, you know, he can move a little bit within the pocket, but, you know, he's not going to be extending the play that much. Um, So I think that with them being pretty similar in playing style, I think Joe Brady may like that. Um, But I, I, I don't know about trading up. I think Detroit... If Detroit's looking at a quarterback or if they're not looking at a quarterback, get like get Jamar Chase there. You know, I don't really I can see that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really see, you know, I don't really see the the need for Carolina Denver would to play them up, too. But yeah, Denver would have to go against Jamar Chase, you know, obviously yeah. with the 17th game being added. And, and, you know, you're talking about Detroit. They do add a wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. Yeah. From Alabama. So now that brings the Broncos to number nine. Guess who's available? Justin Fields, Fields. and Penny Sewell. Guess who Tom O'Shea has the Broncos picking? Uh, It's Patrick Sertain, isn't it? Yep, it is Patrick (laughs) Sertain. He says this was the best player available, and he says our first defensive player checks in at number nine, depending on what George Payton thinks of Drew Locke. Justin Fields could be in play, as could a trade back with another quarterback needy franchise, but Sertain is instinctive, a natural playmaker, and the Broncos' 2020 opponents had an 86.3 QBR when targeting receivers, even after they brought in Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller. Cornerback sticks out as position-seeking impact players. We also forget that Bryce Callahan is still on contract. Yes, I I get that Fuller's on a one-year deal, but you don't go here if a quarterback is available. You don't go cornerback. You can go cornerback if none of the quarterback options you like are there, right? But there is. And Justin Fields, look, I think the, Bron- the Broncos are very enamored with it. Obviously, uh, Mike Shula was at his pro day. If he's on the on the board there when Denver's picking at nine, there's no way in hell Denver's passing up on that. So No, they, I, I'm, just, I'm still flabbergasted that he said that he was the best player player available uh when Penny Sewell is right there um th- th- mind-boggling no I I think <laughs> that I I think that with either Sewell or Fields still on the board there at nine I think they go with one of those guys especially since you have Darby and Fuller there's no need to to take a cornerback when you have two two positions of need staring at you in the face you can play Sewell at right tackle you can get Justin Fields to come in and be an instant impact guy if that's the direction that they want to go but taking Sertain over those two guys I don't I don't see that I don't see it Tom McShay's lost in the sauce that's obviously not going to be what we do but ladies and gentlemen we will have another mock draft Monday Patrick myself and maybe even Mario Vitanzi will join us for a mock draft uh, on Monday, so stay tuned for that. But we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to get into it on the players that could be on the roster bubble 2021. Coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode. Show it's our good friends over there at Built Bar, and Built Bar Madness has come to a full on head. We had the championship matchup, the championship between Coconut brownie chunk versus cookie dough chunk and i tell you what folks i cast my vote for the cookie dough chunk it is the best tasting protein bar that bill bar has to offer and they have a lot of very amazing tasting protein bars but cookie dough chunk is what takes it home the amazing low calorie low sugary high protein high fiber amazing tasting protein bar that has 100 percent chocolate on all bars and it literally tastes like the cookie dough that you take a bite out of from the store so you guys can go to builtbar.com and Pick up a box of Bill Bar today. Cookie dough chunk if you prefer. And remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And congratulations to the winner of the championship round, and that is Cookie Dough Chunk. 
All right, Patrick, getting into the fourth quarter of today's episode of the show, we got to talk about players that could be on the roster. I know it's a little too early, but we have OTAs approaching us here in just about 18 days. NFL teams are reportedly going to be able to have an OTA program, which is super important. But Patrick, I know that you compiled the list, right? You, You wanted to talk about this. Let's go over the players that you have on your list of being potentially on the bubble for the 2021 NFL season. Who are you starting with? All right. Well, I have four guys that I that I really narrowed it down to. Right. Because there are some there were some players that were practice squad guys last year, didn't really get a chance to come up and, you know, show their talents and whatnot. But uh, there's these four players that I think or five players, excuse me. There's these five players um, that I think could possibly be uh bubble guys. So first I have Duke Dawson, who is defensive back. I think that he still provides quite a bit of versatility. Um, but if they're going to double dip in, at corner in the draft, which some people have said that they might, um, even in the, the mid to later rounds, he could be a candidate to, uh, to be out of there. Um, Royce Freeman, is the second guy on the list. And, and we talked about it, you know, if they're going to draft a uh, draft a running back in second or third round um, and they brought in Mike Boone, you still have Melvin Gordon on his deal. You know, who's the odd man out. It looks like it's going to be Royce Freeman. Um, next on the list is uh, Deshaun Hamilton. I, I really loved Hamilton when he came out. I, I really loved his route running ability, but the drops, inconsistent play, um, and and really just overall lack of production has kind of put a, a sour taste in my mouth. Uh, Tyree Cleveland showed out at the at the tail end of last season. I think that he's a guy that can con, uh, can contribute on special teams. His speed is great. Um, he. he He's looking to be like one of those next guys that comes up and, and kind of takes over like that Tim Patrick role in the future. Um, Jonathan Harris, defensive line, and then uh, Josie Jewell at linebacker. I think with Justin Sternad coming back, possibility that they take a linebacker in the draft that doesn't really leave a whole lot of room for Josie Jewell. I think that he played pretty well last year. Didn't play fantastic. um, But the question is, did he play well enough? And is he going to progress enough to stay on the roster going forward? That's interesting. You know, and I I think too, talking about Josie Jewell, I, I feel like this could be a year. I don't know just because of depth. I think that Denver, I don't think Joe Jones is coming back to Denver. I believe that his one-year deal expired. So Denver's done that. You have Josh Watson, Justin Sternett, and if Denver goes with linebacker, I mean, I think you can make the safe assumption that probably Josie Jewell will be on the roster but will probably be a special teams guy or in a rotation role. There's probably going to be a training camp competition, which, look, competition is great. But yeah, I think that that would be an interesting one there. You know, talking about you know uh, the other defensive line, Jonathan Williams, or Jonathan Harris. Jonathan Harris. I was thinking Deshaun Williams. Jonathan Harris. He it was just one of those depth guys. I think yeah. that Deshaun. I think Deshaun Williams will be back on the yeah. team this year. I think that still Denver's going to draft a defensive lineman. But Deshaun Williams played well enough and has been that camp body for the last couple of seasons. It's been super reliable. Vic Fangio and Coach Kalar have a lot of trust in him. And when it comes to Deshaun Hamilton, though, I mean, I, I'm kind of on the fence here, Pat. Like, I, I think everything that you mentioned has valid points to it. The only reason I have a little bit of skepticism is because we don't know if K.J. Hamler can completely stay healthy yet, right? And yes, you did mention you did mention Tyree Cleveland, who I think the organization, for a seventh-round pick, they were really surprised by his growth and his acceleration last year. Heck, even in the first game of the season, he caught a screen pass. He caught a pass 
And he had he only got five yards on the play, but it was the most athletic five yards I've ever seen, which is wild, right? It's, it's crazy to get excited about that, but that's exactly what we saw from him. So, you know, I, I don't know how that wide receiver room is going to shake out. If anything, we talk about roster bubble. I know that Deshaun would get picked up very quickly if he were to be yeah. released by the Broncos. I think that the, the that the Broncos, if anything, and it could even be on draft, like, they could maybe package him in a trade package because there were some teams that were interested in Deshaun last year. So it'd be intriguing to see what the option is for Denver there at Royce Freeman, as you mentioned. I mean, that's also another tough one because I feel like when Royce Freeman started getting more playing time with Denver last year, he always had at least one, every game that he played in, he at least had one play where he ran for 12 or 15 plus yards and he looked good while doing it. So I still think Royce Freeman still has some of the best football in the NFL ahead of him, right? I still think... Denver is very possible. I am a big believer, and I hold this in my heart. You need to have a running back by committee approach. Now, if the Broncos do go out and they draft a running back, it, it kind of puts the writing on the wall that Royce Freeman's probably on his way out, right? Because the Broncos, they signed Mike Boone to a two-year. And you have Melvin Gordon on one more year. Royce Freeman's entering a very pivotal time in his career. I mean, if, I think for him, his his club option will be coming up. Yep. this season. So I don't know if Denver's, I don't think Denver's going to pick it up because they really haven't gotten as much as they'd hoped for. So I still think Royce Freeman could contribute, it, it, but if they go running back, I think that the organization, George Payton, fresh eyes saying, Hey, look, well, we, we're going to go a different direction here. You know, we're going to go younger. We're going to develop and we're going to give Royce Freeman a chance to go elsewhere. If they were going to let Philip Lindsay go elsewhere, Royce Freeman is definitely not safe on this roster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that's, that was kind of my thought process there was just, you know, if if bringing in Mike Boone and, and still having Gordon and all this talk about running back being a, a big option and, and that that was kind of the track record up there in Minnesota, um, it, it does put Royce in a in a tough position. You know, I, I I've loved Royce for many years, you know, going back to Oregon and uh, I loved that the Broncos drafted him and and really, you know, he, he just never really got that chance to be the guy, you know, Philip Lindsay beat him out in camp and, and um, he was, there was a, also a lot of hype too around yeah, Philip Lindsay too. It, so. There was, and, and it, rightfully it was so, yeah. rightfully so. Uh, but Royce is a, he's a tough runner. He's a, a good pass, pro, uh, put good pass blocker. Um, and I would he hate is, to see him go. He's built. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. He's been, I think right Old now he's Royce, in the, baby. he's in the best shape of his life, but his arms, like his forearm and his biceps, they're like tree trunks. He's massive. <laughs> He's huge. And and I wonder, you know, with them wanting the bigger backs, uh, I wonder if he'd if he would fit uh, in that scheme. Maybe they do keep four running backs. Not very likely, but maybe they do. Hell, why not? Why not? If the NFL adds to the roster exemption list, I would be all for keeping four running backs, right? I think you keep four running backs, you keep four tight ends, and then you you know you call it a married day. You keep six quarterbacks on roster. You know, I would love that. Especially well, and especially given you know Melvin's health uh, health history. Yeah, you know it, he, he's an ankle twist away. But yeah, he and it, he and Royce Freeman are an ankle twist away, honestly. Right. Right. To so, Mike Boone and a rookie or Levante <laughs> Bellamy. Like, oh, yeah. My. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, hopefully that these five guys stick on the roster. Um, you know, obviously Jonathan Harris may be one of those guys that's gone. Um, but I would love to see Duke Dawson stay on. I would love to see yes, Royce stay on, absolutely. obviously. Um, you know, I, I feel like Deshaun's got he's got the potential. He's got all the tools there. It's just can he play consistent enough to be a key contributor. 
it's always like at the end of the season, he really turns oh, it on. He turns it up. He has a slow start, and then bam, towards the end of the season, he has just like this breakout performance. And he did that for Denver. You know, I, his route running ability is phenomenal. His ability, you know, he attacks and he breaks down. He comes back to the ball, which is one thing, like especially on curl routes and hitch routs, you come back to the court, like you keep working back because most, a lot of NFL receivers, they just stand there. That's where they DBs wait. come in and pick six, baby. I love that. I love when wide receivers did that when I played against them. But Pat, my man, I know that when you played wide receiver, you always came back to the ball. So if you and I ever had that one-on-one matchup, it would probably be really tough, man. I don't know who'd come out <laughs> on the other side of it, but a lot of respect for you, my brother. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And obviously, Broncos country, I'm going to make sure that Patrick joins us for Monday's episode of the show when we do another mock draft we're gonna dive a lot deeper we may go seven round mock on the podcast on monday folks and if mario vitanzi that dilly bar can join us we will get it going as well but with that said hey have a safe weekend enjoy yourselves and uh you know enjoy this beautiful weather broncos football is around the corner we are just about five months away from kickoff folks i mean five months it's gonna go by quick and you can have an episode of lockdown broncos every single day five days a week all year long to get you there i'm cody or of lockdown broncos we'll see you on monday for a brand new episode of the show